Oh, there it goes. Everybody look up and watch out. It's Keep Up with Sylvan Sane. I'm with, here with the rest of the Keep Up crew. Let's get into some motherfucking shout outs. America! It's time for some motherfucking shout outs. Here we are. Here we are. You get to hear my lovely voice, but you get to see a lovely face this time. Model making. Model making read. Model making prawl. She has many names as she goes by, but she is just one person and she's the best. Who is your shout out this week? Hi, cuz. My yeah. shout out. <laughs> What's up? How you guys doing? I would love to shout out Sonia Latree over at Instagram. Actually, Sonia Holloman is her real name. She's a dear old friend of mine from high school. I love looking at her Instagram because she always takes the time to have such inspirational posts. But not only that, she is a hard loving and hardworking nurse in Atlanta and everything the nurses and the hospital workers have been through this week. I want to shout out to Lasagna also collectively to shout out to all the nurses and all the hospital workers. Sonia has been a heart of gold since I've known her since I was 14, 15 years old. So I'm not surprised she became a nurse, but that's my shout out to Ms. Lasagna Holloman, Sonia Latri. Sonia Latree. That was a great show. Sonia Latree. Yeah. You definitely, she deserves it. She does. And you promote her very well. Very eloquent words. Too eloquent for this show. No, I'm joking. It's great. Um, hey. Let's get maybe, I can, <laughs> maybe I can help raise your standards now ah. a little bit. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Somebody can do it. I'm glad you, took, I took, I'm glad you up for the challenge. It's yeah. A, yeah. A, I, I know it's a very hard challenge, but I'm... Don't shy away from hard challenges. <laughs> oh, it's true, it's true. Miss Hillen? The water's boiling. Hello! Ah! Oh, hell no! Not up in here! What the fuck happened? All right, so during the pre-meeting, I said that there wasn't that much news going on, and obviously I'm an asshole for that. Because Texas. Ah. Yeah. The freezing in Texas is crazy. Texas, Texas. So for people that don't know, and by the way, yes, I am not ashamed to say this. I don't know why. It's, I, I tried to like um, do like a rollout introduction. I try to give like little bits and pieces so they don't like try to give up right in the beginning of the episode. So this is, like I said, making Prawl. She is my cousin from my dad's side. Um, yeah, she's the best. She, we went to... A, I went to her birthday, her uh, birthday party in Paris last year. That was actually the last time I've been out of the country, unfortunately. But fortunately for us, we had a fucking ball. And, we uh, did have a fucking ball. Can you believe that was a year ago yesterday? Yes, everybody. Yesterday was my birthday. So last year. Birthday. That's last right. year, exactly from yesterday, we were in Paris. And I appreciate that uh, my cousin flew all the way from New York to Paris to celebrate my birthday. But we rocked Paris for three days. We really had fun. I was jealous, too, because you went to Mexico right after that. I was like, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, well, you need to have. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The problem is I'm the only cousin you have on your, on, uh, your father's side of the family it does the type of world travels but on my father's side of the family i got other cousins doing a lot more christy love you got yeah christy you. yeah i went i went down to Tulum with christy because her birthday is uh her birthday will be in two weeks so it's on the 15th yeah. of march yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that was crazy because you know i uh almost didn't make it back home that's when our former president decided to sorry guys i'm gonna have a sip of wine 
No, no, please, please get get crazy. Our uh, former president decided while I was in Mexico to ban the flights between the United States and uh, Europe. And even though I flew with uh, Air France and I flew from Paris, well, Munich, Paris, Cancun, I had to fly back through Atlanta and my flight got canceled twice. Barely made it back home. And then as soon as I got home, two days later is when the lockdown, the world lockdown happened. So that was my last world traveling. I know. Oh. Well, um, like I said, I don't like the fact that I haven't traveled since then, but it was such a great trip. If that had to be my last trip of 2020, it was worth it. Well, thank you very much. No worries. Glad to oblige. <laughs> oh, no, you looked it up. But um, so with Texas, if you're not up on it, uh, Texas has a lot of privatized grids. Their national mm-hmm. on a private, I guess, server, if you want to call it that. Uh, and so the, most of the country is on a national grid. Texas is yeah, the only state. We're just to the audience, Tanya. <laughs> huh? We're explaining it to the audience, Megan. How don't you try to explain it to me? To okay, you. I'll you. shut up my mouth. Okay, go ahead, keep going. We, we know that you're informed. Um, audience, we need to get you caught up on that. But anyway, so Texas Texas is on a on its own grid, is on its private grid. And, um, you know, a lot of global warming is going on. They have rejected a lot of global warming. Ted Cruz, is he leads the front on that. And it's funny, he, he leads the front on that, but then when, it, when shit hits the fan, he fucking leaves. There's been a whole bunch of memes and shit like that about Ted Cruz. Because while people have been free, this is a big crisis, by the way. Uh, Biden uh, dubbed this as a national emergency. And it is. There are people that were just outside in 80, 90 degree weather. And now people are turning on their showers just to stay warm, keeping on their showers at, at full blast on full heat, just so they could survive. There are people on their rooftops as if it was like a flood. I've never seen this, by the way. I've never seen a, a state have to be defrosted. This is the first time I've ever seen. It. I've seen Georgia at the time. You mentioned Georgia before. I know that Georgia was underprepared and they had like two inches of snow and it like shut down like the whole city pretty, pretty much uh, in Atlanta because they don't usually get snow. No, pretty much the whole state of Texas right now because they don't have heat. How do you feel about that, Tanya? Well, I think it, uh, I feel unfortunate for all the people in Texas, but that is the history of Texas oil com- uh, com- companies, Texas gas companies, they've always been trying to make a buck. They decided to put themselves on an isolated grid so they didn't have to keep up with any international or national regulations. They could charge what they wanted. They had control of everything. And they have been warned the last 11 or 12 years that it needs to be winterized, which they did not do. And then the snake came back and bit them in the ass. And now people are paying for it. And I've even heard that even though there was a lot of uh, their power was out, the people that did have power to compensate for the loss of money, there are people like getting 10 times the the price of their uh, electric bills right now. It was like one woman that is usually only paying like 400. She got a bill for 9,000. Not their fault. It's not their fault, but that's, that's, I find it ridiculous. I find that, uh, yeah, I mean, if I lived in Texas, I mean, there should be some way that they could, uh, I would get rid of all those politicians. And yeah, and it should be some kind of regulation that even if you're on your own grid, 
that it should be some emergency uh, that you still have, the grids are still hooked up, that when it comes to emergency situation, that it can be turned on and you can receive from another state. That's the way the rest of the country works. Everybody can borrow electricity from everybody, but these people now have millions and billions of uh, dollars of damage. And I, I mean, I saw where uh, some people were burning the toys of their children, the wooden blocks to have fire. I mean, they have nothing, nothing. And then Ted Cruz goes off to Cancun. Yeah, no, I was going to get to that, but thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, oh, I wanted to add another thing. I thought it was really pretty ridiculous how then they tried to turn it around and blame it on the Green New Deal. Number one, the Green New Deal is not even placed. So it's like saying I'm blaming my child that I'm having in nine months for pissing on my floor. Yeah, you they, know, if it, it's, yeah, McConnell dismissed it months ago. He wouldn't even let it bring it to the floor, the Green New Deal. So that's hilarious. And that bullshit with the windmills, no. It's the regular grid that's cut down. The windmills only supply about around 10 to 15%, sometimes 22% of the uh, power in Texas. And hello, in Germany, we work only on wind and water. Since that bad tsunami in Japan, we started shutting down all of our atomic plants. We have no atomic plants. We only have a small portion of still coal. Everything else is green. And hello, we have minus 16 degrees every day here in winter. In winter. And I'm never without power, electricity, or internet. So that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, you're right. Um, the Paris Accord, any type of uh, regulations Texas has tried to avoid, and this is the aftermath. This is kind of equivalent to the floods that they've had over the years. And this is actually kind of, like you said, with government corruption, this is very comparable to Flint. Because Flint... Um, the people in Michigan, they bypass a lot of regulatory and they tried to get the, wa- the water well from a different source and there were rusted pipes. When you cut corners, this is what happens. This is what happens. And Texas, instead of, and I hate to be, talk about Texas politicians, not Texas people, not Texas citizens. My heart goes out to you. But people like Ted Cruz that like jets over to Cancun instead of volunteering his services to the people, to his constituents. They just bailed on him, man. They just bailed. And, and instead of going for that uh, fraud election, instead of pouring all that money, um, Governor Abbott and all that kind of stuff, they should have been paying, like you said, they should have been paying attention to this grid. And you know what's so crazy? Ted Cruz runs off with his wife and his kids to Cancun. AOC is not even from Texas, and she's already managed to raise $2 million for the people in Texas. She's down there right now. She's volunteering right now. She's on the ground. She's yeah, ground. so... I got on my signature red lipstick in, rec- in recognition of oh, AOC tonight. Oh, I'm you know, this is her look. This is her look. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I would, I'm, I'm preparing to vote for her over Schumer in 2022. Um, if she went for uh, mayor against Yang, I would vote for her over Yang. Right now I'm voting for Andrew Yang. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still really early, but um, that's, that's, well, I don't like when politicians come in as newbies and they're starting to really dig their roots and make an effort. And then they bounce up to the next next level, next stage. I think she would be more influential if she stayed at her congress position for at least another term. You know, then I think in where she's elected in New York, I think that's six years. It's not still a four year Congress. It's a six year. So that means she'll have 12 years. I mean, because you've got to realize a woman's barely 30. I mean, let her get a little ripe on her ears. And then I think she's really good for senator. And then I would be wouldn't be amazed in uh, 16 years. She runs for president. She's got a chance. Well, I'm not saying that it's it's not contradictory what you're saying, but it's contradictory to what a lot of people are clamoring for right now with term limits. 
So right now you're talking about her paying her dues and taking more time and being more deliberate with her political career. And that's going against, like I said, what a lot of people want. People want people to get into government and just take action. They don't care about any of that seniority. Otherwise, because otherwise right now we have Biden as a 70 something year old candidate. We want to, we want to avoid that. We don't want AOC to be starting making moves when she's like in her sixties. We want her now. No, I don't want her. I don't want her to wait that long. And I understand what you say, limited term, because like you said, we got some senators that have been senators for 30 years. I'm not saying she needs to stay there until she's 50, but she just got elected at what, 28. She's cutting her teeth. She's doing good. She got a six year term. One more term, just one more term as Congresswoman before she gets upset. But you never know if the, the door opens with Schumer leaving or or the chance, then I'm all for it. Then yeah, she, if yeah. Schumer, if Schumer wasn't up for, you're right. She probably and she said that she said exactly what you're saying. She said she wants to get more time, all that good stuff. She agrees with you. She's all mm-hmm. about what you're saying. But the timing is not there. Time is of the essence. Chuck Schumer, like I said, and Senator, especially with the deadlock, the 50-50, we need her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, again, our heart goes out to Texas. Um, there, There's not that many updates. There's not a lot of good news coming from there. Like I said, a lot of people are freezing. They're, both, they're behinds off. And I know. I have I have a lot of family in Texas. I have a lot of family. You do, in you do, you do. Yeah. I've been there in a while. I'm going to be officiating a wedding in Austin, I think, next year. Uh, I really and I, I reached out to my friends from Austin. Um, I have to reach out to one of my friends from Dallas. You're right. I, I actually been doing a bad job with that. Actually, you remind. Who me. asked you to officiate a wedding? Oh my God! I have to zoom in on that wedding. <laughs> They still have time. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm willing to fly all the way there from Munich, Germany, just to crash that wedding because I got to see that. You have to crash. I have a plus one. No worries. Okay, I'll go as your date. I'll go as your date. <laughs> all right, let's get some Fauci updates. Um, like I said, I don't usually like to bring Corona on here, but let's get some quick mm-hmm. updates from him, and then we'll and then we'll get your uh, your feedback on that. Fauci finds that it's stunning that the U.S. is nearing 500,000 deaths for COVID. Um, That was on NBC News. He did a video. I did an interview on that last night. The U.S. is about to top uh, 500,000 COVID deaths. That's why it's critical to keep the safety measures up, he says. Um, He's also downplaying the concerns of the variants that are happening through Scotland, England, Colorado. Uh, I think Miami has caught the variant as well. Um, but he, the only reason why he's down, well, I'm, I'm insinuating, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm uh, surmising for what he's saying. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a disease expert, but he is seeming to downplay it because he believes that there are vaccines that are going to cover that new variant as well. So again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to have to believe what he's saying. I'm going to have to like, be like, okay, cool. You, you, you got this new mutated coronavirus in check. I, I'm going to have to believe you. Um, Matt, he also said masks might be necessary up until 2022, even if mm-hmm. we follow all the guidelines. And uh, yeah, it will it will start resen- it will start resembling normal life in 2022. I know that sounds sucky, but I just want to get through it. How do you feel about these new measures and these new updates that Fauci's brought us? Um, I, I think he's being very realistic because when you go back in history, all of the different under other pandemics. 
They started dwindling down, but it took a whole two years until they really disappeared. And the main problem is the politics, the vaccinations, the anti-maskers, the um, anti-vaccinators, because the only way we can get rid of masks and the only way we can really live a normal life is at least 75 to 80 percent of people get vaccinated. So if you've got people that are denying or or vaccination deniers that don't want to get vaccinated, then, hey, you know, what are you going to do? And then you're going to start having the regulations. So once you get vaccinated, you have your little green pass. There are going to be people that are, you know, uh, saying what you're trying to be like big brother and, 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 and regulate us. And only certain people come through with this green pass. You know, there's always going to be some conspiracy or some people like bucking against the system. If we could have some kind of united front, then I think we could get rid of it quicker. But then also the problem is, is because not all the studies are finished with the younger children, Mm, pregnant women, stuff like that. So to protect that spectrum of the population, that's why you're still going to have to wear some masks because a vaccination just prevents you from getting sick and be able to fight against the disease as soon as it enters your body. But that does not mean it doesn't enter your body. That's why, you know, I could be vaccinated, could still be exposed to it. It's in my nose, in my mouth. And if I talk to somebody that doesn't, is not vaccinated, then I can make them sick, even though I will never get sick. You know, that's how vaccinations usually work. It doesn't prevent you from getting the diseases. It, it gives you already a head start for your body to fight it as soon as it gets in, into your body. And that's why I think also he's not very worried about the mutations because once you're vaccinated, even if you get the mutation, what it's going to do is you probably will get a little sick. You probably will have some flu symptoms, but because you have that extra juice already in you to fight it, nobody's going to die from it. It's going to prevent the death. It's not going to prevent everybody getting sick. So I really do believe he's being realistic. And I think he's also in the back of his head. He's, he's seen what has happened the last year with the government and he dealt with the nincompoot for the last you know year. So I think he believes in Biden, but there's still going to be other politicians that are going to be like throwing twigs and stones in their way of progression, trying to go forward. So I think that's all, all points of the equation calculated that he's come to that, you know, but I I don't think he's being unrealistic. Yes. It's much better that he's handling this like an adult rather than running to Cancun with his kids. Oh yeah, definitely. You're right. No, you hit every, hit every point on the head. You're very knowledgeable on the situation. I'm glad that you don't sound like some Facebook Twitter thread just filled with Alex Jones and shit like that. As a matter of fact, I just saw a video recently, one of my friends posted and um, somebody flipped Alex Jones, the bird while he, while they were in the car and with all COVID going on, he tried to confront the dude, told him like to roll down the window and everything. I was like, damn dude, you don't give a fuck. You really don't care if you get anybody sick, just as long as you get fucking ratings, huh? Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, he was speaking about Trump. Trump is actually coming. He, he's formed his own uh, super PAC, which is Save America. And uh, so is Nikki Haley. But people are actually doing these super PACs against Trump. So Nikki Haley's super, uh, super PAC is uh, supporting Liz Cheney and Mitch McConnell and people mm-hmm. that are part of the traditional GOP. Now, the reason why I say this is 
almost half of Republicans, according to a poll on The Hill, um, the publication, almost half of Republicans would join the Trump party. He is considering making his own GOP party. 46% of Republicans said they would abandon the GOP and join the Trump party because they feel that the GOP does not fight for their ideals enough as much as he does. And at the former present, uh, if he uh, decided to make a new party, only 27% said that they would stay with the GOP with the remainder indicating they would be undecided. Now we have had, now obviously we have many parties, but the two dominant parties are red and blue. Um, do you think, and we've had the Tea Party make rounds before, we've had, and Progressives is not its own party, but obviously Progressives have made a lot of strides um, this last decade. We just talked about AOC, Bernie Sanders, Klobuchar, um, and so many of them, Beat O'Rourke. Uh, what do you, do you feel like he will be successful at this, uh, making the new party? Or do you think that he'll still be going the route of making his own TV station to rival Fox News? Or do you think he'll do both? I have one question. The statistics that you just read me, are the, were those politicians or just Republicans in general, like businessmen, uh, people that support the politicians? Like out of the so many Republican senators or governors, is that 46% what you said would follow him? Is that more politicians, people that are really in government? That's the voting base. That's a good question. It's the voting okay. base. I should have... Uh, um, you know, I've lived here in Europe for many, many years. They aren't going to be honest like that to, in this poll, so they would never participate in this. Well, I have always, like I said, I've lived here in Europe for a long time, and I have, in every country, they have more multiple parties. And like you talked about the Tea Party, but the Tea Party was still considered a part of the Republicans. They were still voting for Republicans. We have the progressive, but they still vote for Democrats. You have the, the, the quote liberals, which are basically what the Republicans call the Democrats. I think that's a general source. And of course, you have the independents that bounce back and forth or they just totally uh, support people that are running independently. I believe that, uh, and you're probably going to call me crazy saying this, but John McCain was before his time. I know he ended up picking Sarah Palin as his vice president, but he wanted to, as his vice president nominee, a running mate, but he wanted to pick an independent. He even saw then that we start, we need to start having to combine parties. I have no problems with more parties. All it's going to do is kill the Republican Party because it's going to divide their votes. You know, Hopefully the Democratic but, Party, too. I, I think they both suck. Well, I don't think they, they would split yet. I don't think they would split yet. So you're going to basically have the QAnons and the conspiracy and wild people and the Trumpists on one side. And then you're going to still have the conservatives that are still the old Reaganomics and Reagan party on one side, and all it's going to do is split the Republican vote. And then you're never going to have any Republicans in power anymore. You know, maybe on the lower local level where you have almost a whole city that is Trump is or a whole county, but on the national level. And, you know, what they do in a lot of the countries here is because they have five, six, seven different parties. If no party gets the majority, then they make coalitions. They go to another party that has more percentage, but is as close to their political views and they know there's certain things they can discuss and work with and compromise. And let's say if the SPD here in Germany didn't get the higher vote, then they will make a coalition with the um, FDP or the Greens to get that 50%. And then that's good because then you have the influence of different minds working together. 
I, I, I have nothing against the other. Everybody should do what they want to. I believe there should be more. Uh, if they don't feel like the party is representing them, then they do need to break free. But I think in the end, they're thinking, oh, we're going to come in with Trump and we're going to take over. No, you're just shooting, shooting your own self in the foot right now. Unless the Democrats split up, unless there's like five or six parties, what is two conservative parties going to help the United States? But, you know, hey, I don't live there. I still vote for president there, but that's about it. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. Are you? Oh, yeah. You're not a dual citizen. Yeah, yeah, I am. But I still have my American passport. But it's not like because I, um, I can vote on the Senate, but like I can't because I don't have an apartment in New York or anything. It's not like I'm going to vote for mayor or or my city assembly, uh, assembly man, or, man or anything like that. But of course, on the president level, uh, I, I can vote and I can vote for senators from the state where I'm still registered. Nice. Well, you'll vote for me one day. I actually just would join this program called uh, Run. I will, would probably be your campaign manager. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. I, I joined the program called Run the Ballot. Okay. And um, they uh, they support progressives under 40 years old. So we'll see. How Very good. Very good. So back to. I'm with, I'm, I'm with you, baby. I'm with yeah, you. Thanks. <laughs> so back to broken promises. Uh, America loves that. I agree with you, by the way. Um, I'm for a more parliamentary system. Um, it does have its pitfalls. As you can see in Israel, they've gone through like around four elections and they've tried to build coalitions. And obviously, Bibi Netanyahu, he's no good. But um, yeah, so there's. He's been, on trial now, huh? Yeah. So which one? Yeah, yeah, he's on but trial. He for the coalition at least three times to stave off him being ousted in the election. So that that's the pitfall that you can you can hold on to other parties to stay alive. Right. But I do still think that we need to trend in that direction. I like our system, but I do not like the electoral college, and I do and I do like the system in parliament where they have uh, no fate. I think we need that. Desperately. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe also electoral college should be out. It should be on a totally popular. And um, I, 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 I have always thought that the ideal way or the idyllic way, I'm mixing German and English, but you understand what I'm saying. The best way I was thinking <laughs> is that when somebody has been nominated for a party to run for president, I believe before they win, no vice president should be chosen because mm. if you have a popular vote and nobody gets over 50 percent and you have a close and let's say if we, when you have a more party uh, system, then, then the next um, uh, party that maybe doesn't have as much as you do, doesn't have the uh, um, then you have to take their head of their party as the vice president. Then you have both representations in there. You have the president. Let's say if the parties do split up in the United States, and let's say the Democrats run for president, their candidate only gets uh, 30% of the vote. And then let's say the old Republican Party gets 28% of the vote. And then the liberals or, or the independents, whatever. So that means... Basically, if the Democrats could then do a coalition with the old Republicans, but then the old Republicans would put in their president, presidential candidate as the vice president. And that means the true majority of the people are representative because those are the two highest people they voted for. You, you, you see what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Um, I, well, as far as the popular system, I think that's called the main, the main system or something like that, the Massachusetts, where um, they take the popular vote 
And whoever wins the popular vote in that state gets two votes and the person who loses gets one. And then mm-hmm. that's up from there. Yeah, something similar to that. Yeah. So let's get on to reparations. Uh, right now, Biden, during negotiations of the $1.9 trillion stimulus that's about to pass, right now the progressives are defending the 14, which I'm shocked. I thought they were actually against the $1,400 checks. I thought they wanted the two grand, but now they're on Biden. They're on Biden's side advocating for that. But they've. Uh, it seems like they've given up on the minimum wage uh, hike at $15 an hour. It seems like people like uh, um, Senator Scott from South Carolina, um, who else? There's a bunch of them that are actually really against this. Mute, uh, mention from the Democratic side. Um, but one more thing, uh, reparations, reparations. I don't think this ever got like heavy traction, but it was it was mentioned a lot throughout the election and it's being mentioned now. And one of uh, the uh, cast members of The Apprentice and a good friend of Trump, his name is Hers- Herschel Walker. He was a former NFL player. He was in that big trade. Uh, I'm a Jets fan. He was in a big trade with the Cowboys. He got Emmitt Smith and Trey Aikman and Michael Irvin traded over to the Dallas Cowboys, started that old dynasty. You're talking about long time ago if you're like, like Emmitt and, and yeah, okay, that's a long time ago. And Herschel Walker did, um, I think he did kickboxing at one time. He's had a quite a fruitful uh, career. But anyway, um, it doesn't stop him from sounding dumb all the time. <laughs> it, uh, slavery ended, this is quoted from him, by the way. Slavery ended 130 years ago, former NFL player Herschel Walker says, black Americans shouldn't get reparations. He goes, reparations to him is synonymous with segregation and we don't need to drudge up the past. And as a matter of fact, let's not even just stick on Herschel Walker, a Columbia Harvard grad named Obama said he didn't mm-hmm. agree reparations either. How do you feel about reparations? Um, I feel like um, it was a law that was set in place when the slaves were free, 40 acres and a mule. That's it right. was set on the books. It was set on the law books. And until that was delivered out to whoever wanted anybody, I don't think there's a statute of limitations. And actually, I was reading an article. Oh, God, I can't think of the author's name. But he was encouraging the reason why we have so much problem with the inner city and with minorities is because they didn't get that five acres in the mule. It was uh, either you. Use, huh? Are you talking about the article from The Atlantic? Uh, was it in the Atlantic? No, actually, it was. It was, it was he was. Uh, it was an article about him, and he had written a book. Well, he had written a book, huh? Aisha Coates. Um, I, the, dude, the name is not popping up. I will look at it again in my thing, and I'll make sure that bef- my bad. before you edit and everything, you can like pop up. This is what Macon was talking about, okay. but. Um, he was just saying that migration of the black person from the South to the upper inner cities was because they didn't get that reparation at that time. They had only the choice to live dirt poor and do the same cheap. At least they got a little paid for it. But basically they were living still as slaves with just a, a couple of you know nickels and dimes thrown to them. They had to stay on the same plantation. They had to stay on the farms. They never had a chance. And that has been the detriment mental breakdown of uh, the black community and with uh, really no chance of owning land, uh, uh, owning property, having something for their future generations. You live in an apartment, working minimum wage job from hand to mouth and the other things to start to happen. And, the other, you know, at the time it was a lot of opportunities to get up there and get factory jobs and everything, but just everything changes. And then people are unemployed and there's not a lot of changes. And in, in, in this book or in this article that he was telling, he was encouraging 
um, the black people to move back down to the south. So we needed to, it you know, needed to own the land there. That was the best way to start to to have this quality of um, accumulation of wealth and income and everything. And then it was it was. He, I mean, the article was not as long as the book, and I, I but I did want to read the book because then when that comes into the situation, then I believe those old promises should be given in some way, in some way um, that, that could bring back some, some life to a lot of this. There's a lot of Southern cities that have just gone dead. They're ghost towns because everybody has moved out. That would bring economy and, and life and population back down to a lot of places. It would also get, um, uh, uh, you know, solve a little bit of problems of the overpopulated inner cities. And it would just, it would, that would help a lot of black people with that. And I feel like there should be some kind of incentive just like when when a, a city needs more industry, then it'd be like, okay, if you move your factory here, then you don't have to pay taxes for 15. You know, they give companies incentives to move into a city or a state to improve the quality of life for the citizens there and the economy. Why can't they do that for some of the black people that want to get out of the inner cities and go down? Then give them their freaking 40 acres and a mule. Okay, they need maybe a tractor and then 20 acres would be okay. But give them some land. You know, there's there's even some cities that are offering that are dead or offering you, you you can go down there and you can like get houses for a couple bucks. And, you know, I always see that offering like also in Venice or, or, or there are cities down in Sicily that are like totally dead because newer generations moved away there. They will pay you to move down there. Give, you can buy a house for one euro. But the stipulation is you have to live at least six months out of the year there and you have to renovate this property that you're given because it's being, bringing the beauty and the, uh, and the economy and everything back. Why don't they do that, some kind of uh, offer for, for people of color like that? Um, I don't think they, no, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've made that kind of offer here, but um, as far as uh, reparations go, I'm for reparations. I don't care. I, am. I don't care what the statute of limitation is. Um, <sighs> there's bills. America to this day is collecting mm-hmm. bills from different countries and different areas. And it doesn't matter how long you're right. They don't ever miss a beat to try to go collect from anybody else. But when it comes to black people, all of a sudden they don't have to pay the bill. And another reparation could be is to young uh, black families with children and both have income. Let them get a mortgage without any interest rate. Why can't they get a zero down payment? No. I mean, there's little other things to help people to get on the, it, uh, the equal quality of life without just handing them some money. This is true. You know, they and think reparations means, oh, let me just give you $20,000 to make up for that your great-grandmother was a slave. No, there's other things. Give the, You know, what was, what's the old cliche saying? You give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You teach him how a fi- to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Uh, yeah, but that didn't work for 300 years for white people. They didn't just give them. They they use people to uh, they use black people to use a cotton gin and go uh, purchase Louisiana. So that 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 euphemism only works for white people. That doesn't just work for blacks. Um, I agree with you, and I agree with you even more. Um, let's get down to the fact that when you were saying that blacks were moving up north, that's how redlining mm-hmm. came to be. Chicago, New York, a lot of the people from the south were moving up north, and. Just because these places didn't have slavery anymore didn't mean that they liked black people. So they prevented these people from the South from even trying to move into their areas. 
uh, stipulating them with contracts that just weren't fulfilled, um, kicking them out of their homes at any time they wanted, um, just not letting them move into areas with other white people, just having to be restricted on the other side of the highway. And also the biggest factor, I think, not just from owning land, I think um, when at, back in those days, especially, you could not vote without owning land. So that's why women didn't own land. That's why blacks didn't own land. That's why Native Americans didn't own anything other than the reservations that they were on, because you couldn't vote. You couldn't vote without land. And so I think that's a big reason why they never gave the reparations to blacks, because, hey, yes, Abraham uh, uh, Lincoln made that promise with Congress. They made that promise. But like anything, just like now, just like today, people find ways like we, we talked about the grid. We talked about the, um, the Paris Accord and how Texas has tried to maneuver ways how to get out of the regulations for their environment and for their electrical grid. Everybody does it all the time. Taxes, um, people mm-hmm. find loopholes and go to freaking offshore accounts, all the type of stuff. So I think the government and the states said, hey, cool, 40 acres and a mule. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to stop that because if they get the land, they can vote and then they can go vote for people that don't look like me. Exactly. And it's so funny. You were talking about how, you know, they started uh, getting their lands and apartments and everything when they uh, 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 or started to own some things when they did move up north. I saw a beautiful documentary that um, I never knew that when, you know, when, when Manhattan was starting to be settled and you, of course, had the five points down, you had all the immigrants and everything. There were some black people that moved up that's now with it, it was the old city and now they're excavating it. So oh, please. Seneca Village. Yeah, Seneca Village. And the black people went up there. They made a community. They had everything. And then they decide, okay, we need green. The white people need green. They need the Central Park. And they just tore those people down. Would it have been crazy if instead of Central Park being perfect uh, rectangle, they could have just gone here and then here. And then the black community, they would have had park views. You're right. <laughs> you know? And what? what? And, and property near Central Park is still the most expensive in old New Yeah, New that's what I said they would have had park views you know how much a freaking central park west central park east apartment is because you're overlooking the park but these people would have had like i step outside my front door i'm in the park but um yeah i'm yeah, very yeah. interesting to see yeah. all that excavation and they tried to make it seem like it was like squatters there and everything they, they these people had built up beautiful boutiques and businesses and churches and everything and in the excavation they were finding things of of, of pearls and jewels and like ivory cones it was like these people had wealth these people had this maybe uh, the same items in their home as these upper you know uh uh echelant white people that were having the mansions just on the other side of upper new york uh that kind of like pissed I, i got a little angry when i saw that i was like Damn it. Every time the black people tried. And then you know about what happened in Tulsa years ago. But all that history is like so covered up. It's like every time they tell the black people, well, do something for yourself. They segregate us. They sit there and make their own little black man town. As soon as there's some kind of success, then it gets ripped down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's saying that um, that you know you can lead a horse to water, but only the, the horse can drink, or teach a man to fish, and all that stuff. And no, no. I get it. that could be universally applied. It's just not in the situation because, like you said, they move the goalposts all the time. All yeah. The time. So yeah, you're uh, right. You can teach a man to fish, but if you drain the pond every two years, then what? Where are they gonna find a fucking fish? 
That's right. Yeah. Native Americans know what eminent domain means, and so do Blacks. So like you said, the, one of the most upper-class communities ever in history for African-Americans was, mm-hmm. was torn down for Central Park. Do we love Central Park? Of course. The best man-made park of all time, but it didn't. No, we got English gardens in Munich. I must say, I love my Central Park. You know, I'm always jogging and Roseway in Central Park when I'm there, but English garden got to beat. We got like live animals and everything running around, herds of sheep. That's nice. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are behind 2,000 episodes of Law & Order. So until that happens, until Marcia Hardigay and uh, what's his name? What do you mean we're 2,000 episodes of Law & Order behind? Who cares about Law & Order <laughs> here? Saying, we're still in famous park. We're still the We maybe have one murder a year, honey. We don't care about any Law & Order. We're still... <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know anybody that would choose a German park over Central Park. There's... I've never heard of that in my You've life. never been to... Uh, I have. Either. I went to your park. I went to... I, I went to the garden over there in Munich. What are you talking about? It was nice. I, what do I you mean? You, but that thing is three times as big as Central Park. So if you were in one corner, you didn't even see half of it. It's not Central Park. <laughs> it's just not. It just doesn't have the history. It's just because you're a New Yorker. Every, I, when I lived in New York, I was the same way. I was like, hey, not like and I, and I, and I love you. I love you. I, it's just not. It's not Central Park. They're people... Yeah, they don't make movies about a, a, a freaking uh, Munich Garden. They don't like spend millions of dollars making an apocalypse movie or like you know uh, aliens coming down. Tugging. What living in Central Park? Please, these you guys can keep yeah. aliens. <laughs> Central Park, Central Park, the friend like it's not comparable. Uh, you talking about a German Garden compared to the Central Park? Come on, man. Well. It's about 100 years older than you guys part two. So you guys copied us, if anything. I'm sure. Had to well, this, is a new, this is still a relatively new nation. But actually, that's what they did. They started to want to copy all of the main um, uh, metropolitan cities in, in Germany. I mean, not in Germany, in Europe. They wanted a Tule Gardens. They wanted the English Gardens. They wanted what's the big park in London. Before the Nazis, Germany was very progressive. As a matter of fact, they're still progressive, but I meant... No, got- Linda, I'm saying that's why the uh, the, the people in... Um, uh, or the politicians uh, or the people fought to get the money and raise the money to build Century, uh, Century Park, to build uh, Central Park, because they wanted to be in comparison to the other metropolitan cities of Europe. So, this but it... True. Yeah. yeah. It's true. This is true. And uh, I've not been to all the parks in the world, but... Again, I have not. I don't know. I do love Central Park. <laughs> and I love, I love Munich. Munich was so beautiful. so beautiful. And yes, is it cleaner than Central Park? Every park is cleaner than Central Park. Every city is cleaner than New York. But I must say, they keep Central Park pretty clean. I mean, in the 70s and 80s, that was a little questionable. Of course, still now, I would never go. As soon as the sun goes down, my ass is not going to be jogging. Maybe the last lights of sunlight, I'll do the reservoir. Before we so move before we move on to the music, how many people live in Berlin and Munich? Munich's about 1.5 to 6 million. Berlin is about 4 million. Damn, why such a, why such a, why 1 to 6? Why is it? Because the last time I checked it, it, it because uh, Munich is constantly growing. And last time I checked, it was a little over 5. But that was maybe like two or three years ago. We could be closer to 1.6. That's why I just said, don't quote that. I was just because I didn't want to give a perfect. I didn't want to be wrong. Say that it's the number one tourist park in the world. Uh, well, when there is because we have in, in English Garden, we have the uh, Chinese Tower. The Chinese Tomb, which is very popular when people go there and they hear, you know, the Bavarian music. Uh, there's a lot of different memorial buildings built in there that, yeah, it is a big tourist 
thing. Yeah. I know it is. And I went there. It was, it was, it was fine. It was, so I thought you were asking me if it was a big tourist. You, I was asking you, what is the most visited park in the world? The most visited park in the world? The most oh, visited oh, park. Man. I'm quite sure Central Park is above English Garden, if that's the point that you're law, trying to make. And when I made that Law and Order joke, that that I was saying everything gets filmed over there too. That's what that's what I was saying. You were too. Because dumb. everybody gets killed there. You're right. You're right. We have eight million people. <laughs> we have eight million people, and you're right. All good. Let's move on. Yeah, and in Berlin is Tier Garden. Tier Garden. That's where. But they do find dead people in Tier Garden. Berlin's different than than Munich. They find the dead people in Tier Garden. Believe me, there's a there's good law and order Berlin. Nah. Right, I'm waiting for that. Chris Maloney. Mm-hmm. It's called it's called uh what what's the show? Um uh um not Kripo Berlin, but Soko. Soko. That means special uh, uh, uh something criminal. It's it's like a, a special uh, SUV unit here. So it's Soko Berlin. So it's like it's, 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 soccer mom. <laughs> what is it called? SVU. <laughs> and I'm not even a mom. Did I really say SUV? <laughs> SVU. <laughs> Get a little hot. What the fuck did I hear? Right. Green Day, American Idiots. Um, that's not their new single. Their new single is called Here Comes the Shock. I will be seeing them with Fallout Boy and Weezer in August, I think. Still, it's still on. Um, it was supposed to happen last summer, but they postponed it. We'll see. A lot of live events have been opening up lately. Um, we still have the tickets, so if it's still going, maybe I will go. Um, do you do you still enjoy Green Day? Uh, making- I love Green Day. I was always a big Green Day fan. Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm a little surprised I haven't heard about the single, but I'm also a person that really doesn't... Um, uh, but I'm quite sure I would have heard about it soon, but I think if you don't like listen to radio or if you're not in a car you don't pick up some of the new releases right away but i love green day i find them very talented and their lyrics are almost like poetry to read they're always very political i i love when the, the music just doesn't make my head bop and my my body move but when i read the lyrics i want my mind to be moved too and they have the lyrics for that i'm a yeah i love green day good good green day is amazing they've come along mm-hmm. Rehab, all that good stuff, hiatuses, and I'm so glad that. Um, and I haven't seen a mega tour from them in a long time, and that's what it's actually called. It's called the Green Day Mega Tour. Again, if you'd like to still get tickets, who knows if it's still happening? Well, I don't, you you got to find out if they're coming. If it's a European, uh, in European wide, if it's a worldwide tour, if it's a worldwide tour, I'm quite sure they'll stop somewhere here. Nice. A lot of times they they'll only do one date, so then it depends if they'll either hit, hit Dusseldorf, Berlin, Munich, or Hamburg. So it's like, which one's the closest for me to travel and go see? But they usually do hit Munich because if it's that big of a tour, we got the Olympia Stadium here. Absolutely. A lot of big cities. Absolutely. Um, I don't really know, but I know it is. It was a world tour. I don't know if they like canceled a bunch of Mm -hmm. cities, but it definitely, when we got the tickets, it was a mega world tour. Um, On to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, new, not inductees, but the new, um, but they will be inducted. These guys are too talented not to. But these are the selections Jay Z, Mary J. Blige, Tina Turner. There are 16 nominations. Let's read a couple more. But those are the. Tina hot- Turner, wait a second. I thought Tina Turner was already inducted to the Hall of Fame. Me too, but she's not. 
because uh-huh. it was so funny. I was watching a um uh an interview, old interview with her and Larry King. It was so funny. I kept getting maybe because my birthday was coming. YouTube kept uh like uh, suggesting interviews for me, and every one of the interviews was on my birthday, but years ago. So maybe, this was the- maybe they inducted Ike and Tina together. Maybe not her by herself. Okay, because she was on Larry King. It was February. It was an interview from February 20, 1987. And I couldn't believe she was already 57 then. When she said that, I was like, oh, Lord. Um, she looks so good. And then they spoke about it, that she, you've been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she said, yes. So maybe you're right. Let me Google that really quick. Tina Turner, among 16 nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so... Oh, wow. Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, Mary J. Okay. Ooh, Foo Fighters. No. Shaka Khan, Bella Cootie, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rudgeron, and Dionne Warwick. That's a really okay. good one. And uh, last mean, year, there was, there was a lot of gripes because there was only three females nominated last year. Um, and I don't even think it was Shaka Khan herself. It was the band Rufus. That she- Rufus, Shaka Khan and Rufus. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that's something they needed to improve on. Uh, there was currently women make up around 8% of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, there's only Dolly Parton, Mariah Carey. Here, here, here. Uh, you're right. I just Googled it. In 1991, she was accepted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with her ex-husband, Ike. Uh, that's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not problem. Okay. So it was Ike and Tina Turner. All the music they did together was recognized and taken into as a group in 1991. Yeah, he's a okay. but he's very influential in music. But it also says here that he wasn't able to attend the ceremony because he was still in jail. <laughs> and, he, and I think right after that or right around that time, that's when he gave all the rights to the music to her. Mm. He had held on to that for a long time. And uh, we, we actually got to see that part in the play when we got to see... Uh, Tina, the play with my grandmother and my mom last year. Well, can I ask you something? Just your opinion. Now I'm interviewing you well, on your own no, show. No, I want no. I want to hear that question. I just want to name the, the women: the eight percent, Dolly Parton, Mariah Carey, Grace Jones, Roberta Flack, the Chicks, Kylie Minogue, and that's it. Keep going. What's the question? My question is: It started out as a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Rock and Roll was was shunned. You know, it, it wasn't so. It was, it wasn't so uh, uh, respected or everything. But now to the point that they're accepting all types of music. Rappers are in there now. You got uh, 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 R&B singers. You got soul singers. Do you think it's time for them to drop the name? It shouldn't be Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should just be the Music Hall of Fame. No, I do not think they should change the name. Um, are you familiar with the Gene Simmons uh, gripe? No. What was he complaining about? Okay, so Gene Simmons from KISS, he believes that rap should not have anything to do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Ice Cube came to defense, and I, I align with him with this. I don't, um, he said that rock and roll, it's not dead, but like he's like, these music, these genres of music have propelled it and kept it alive. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes, secondly, Rock and roll is not really a music anymore. It's more of like an attitude and like a feeling and a vibe. And he goes, rock and roll is synonymous with the, the Hall of Fame because we're all trying to get there. And so I don't, th- I, I think it's just the name now. I don't think that like it necessarily means, it would be corny, the branding to be like, 
universal unit music or the not universal music, just the music. Well, the, Anybody has had some kind of influential part of music. If they bounce from genres to everything, because at first it was truly only rock and roll stars. And then, and then I would say, if you say in the last the 20, but that was the most, yeah, but that's what I'm that was the most prevalent one. So if you made a separate one while the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was getting all those eyeballs, you make a Rap Hall of Fame, you make an R&B Hall of Fame. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think they need to be separated. But now that we are putting them all together, then that almost kills Gene Simmons' argument. He's like, it has nothing to do with rock and roll. Well, this is not just rock and roll. This is all music. All music influences each other. And a rapper should be just as much recognized for his body of music and be a Hall of famer and he shouldn't have to sit under a rock and roll hall of fame title either he should be a music hall of famer what i'm saying is even the rap artists they enjoy it they okay they don't mind having the title they don't want to change the academy awards to the to the black academy awards like there's people who want to be a part of what's going on and the solution and not just always making something separate which i'm for by the way i'm for bet and for black history month i'm for um finding different audiences when the cap is made by an oppressor. But with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think that it's just a branding. I don't think that it has to do with anything with the music and stuff like that anymore. You're right. It has changed. It has evolved. Um, I think it's actually similar to something I was discussing with my mom recently. Um, she was talking about... How is your mom anyway? I know we probably don't want to watch, talk about family <laughs> things here, but <laughs> how's your mama? I need to call her. <laughs> all right. She's quite all right. She uh, she saved me from throwing something through the vet's window today. Oh, uh, no. Is it Saturday? Is she okay, though? Yeah, she's on medication for arthritis and stuff like that. And they had us waiting in the parking lot. And then they tried to get all smart with me. And I was like, and I told them to go fuck themselves. And How old is Saturday now? She's 14. And Oh, she's up there. Giselle, I mean, not Giselle. Giselle's already dead. Ellie is uh, 16 and a half. She's also on arthritis medicine. Her hips are like wobbling, but she's making it. Well, they had to change. They, they said that she's been on one of the medications for too long. So they're thinking about giving her a shot in one of her joints. I mean, in her joint. Mm-hmm. so weird. I, I don't even feel like doing that. I don't feel like. Have you consulted Catherine? I'm about to. It just happened today. Please. Yeah, you need to call because there are some uh, arthritis medicines you have to be careful. A lot of vets will overdose the dogs with that, and that can lead to kidney failure. Okay, but we don't need to be talking. <laughs> for Anybody wants to know, Catherine is actually my sister, also his cousin, who is a very accomplished veterinarian. That's yeah. why I said uh, he needed to consult her. But no, but I, I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. I'm not. My mom, the example of my mom is that in Atlanta, the real housewives, most of them are not housewives. Most of them are successful businesswomen. Right. Yet Andy Cohen still has on the show. And I discussed this with my mom. I was like, how come they don't change the name of the show to real businesswomen of, of Atlanta or real women of Orange County or blah, blah, blah. It's branding. It's what people are familiar with. It's what people, if you, if you renamed it, same thing with Aunt Jemima, even though I agree with the name change, I'm, can guarantee there's going to be a lot of people that don't really like are going to be like what the hell is i didn't understand that okay i understand changing it from the slave aunt jemima but why couldn't she just stay jemima and get some respect like mrs jemima what couldn't it be so in 2015 the family actually sued uh quaker oats for uh for residual from the actress that or that always modeled her okay they had never given them to her by the way they have not paid that woman i don't know why everybody thinks that they did not pay the woman for aunt jemima at all like i said the family and the estate have sued quaker oats 
a judge dismissed it in 2015. So they are not getting any royalties for that. So who cares if they change it? And Uncle Ben, I don't, I don't want to be eating a syrup bottle with a fucking slave on it. Like that's not. No, no, you're right. You know that. That I'm all agree with. That I all agree with. But like you said, if sometimes if you change your branding too far away from what people are used to. Then keep the name Jemima. Make her into a nice little like bakery chef. She don't have to look like a slave and call her Mrs. Jemima. Now there's some something flour milling company or what? What is? They have some stupid long name. And I guarantee most of their most of their money comes from contracts with hotels and restaurants. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's not mostly from us getting it from the shelf anyway. Or mamas, they can't cook. All you need is two cups of flour, one egg, and a freaking uh, uh, a little bit of buttermilk and some uh, baking powder, and you already got your uh, uh, freaking pancake mix. I have never used pancake mix. Anyway, I whip mine up. Bottle, go get Mrs. Butterworth. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like Aunt Jemima is not even real syrup anyway. So uh, like, if people want to get sugar syrup in their in their veins, that's on them. Okay, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs to stay because the rappers, but it's not even rappers, not even black thing. You even say Kylie Minogue. I wouldn't even consider her, I mean, uh, uh, Kylie Minogue even a rock and roller. Well, the Music Hall of Fame. Rock and roll yeah. is badass. Like, like, yeah, that's badass. But when I think of rock and roll, I think of the Rolling Stones. I think of Jimi Hendrix. So it's not a color but thing. You also, but you could also think of Run DMC with Aerosmith. You can also think of Kid Rock doing rap. You can also say Eminem doing a duet with Elton John. Like, it's all. Yeah, but, it's no, all okay. cool yeah, but Elton John was also not for me rock and roll either. He was not rock and roll. He is definitely rock and roll. You're a bugger. <laughs> no, nah, he used to do Why, so many ballads and his piano and everything. He was like a no, Billy Joel. Okay, it was maybe soft rock. But for me, rock, rock and roll. roll, I'm thinking of like Led Zeppelin, Ozzy Osbourne. It has branched out to so much that it's all rock and roll pretty much. It's yes. all rock and roll to me. Yeah. <laughs> you, Billy Joel, you finally capped it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So let's get yeah. on uh, to Kimye divorce. We knew mm-hmm. that happened for a few years. Um, he has gone through a couple of meltdowns um, induced by his bipolar, but she can't. Yeah. Man, she's a brand herself. She is a mogul herself. Both of them, um, mm-hmm. very well together apart. It doesn't matter. They're both forces of nature in the industry. They have a very ironclad prenup. People should take notes with this because. Uh, Right now, they're not even going to fight. They uh, in the prenup, it it discusses um, it discusses uh, joint custody. It it discusses property split, everything. And so I thought it actually because Angelina Jolie and uh, Brad Pitt have been going through this for years, by the way. And and who would have thought that Kim and Kanye would actually have that down? Oh, Dr. Dre and um, his ex wife. They're they're actually contesting the prenup. But again, like I said, these guys are usually brats in the media. And they actually did an adult thing. How do you feel? About well, I, I'm 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 a little surprised because um, okay, you ha- you you sign a prenup when you get married, and at that time they only had one child. So I would like to know how many amendments to the prenup that would then be considered a postnup have uh-huh. they done with each child? And I'm pretty sure. Huh? I, I think you're correct. I think they amended it. Right, and I'm surprised because of his mental state. Mm. 
I felt like Kim, because she's so got all her stuff going on and all her, you know, ducks in a row. I, you know, I felt like she would have been the type of woman be like calling her mama. I'm coming over there with all four of my kids. I'm willing to give up the house, give up everything just so I have sole custody of the kids. Because if you see they have joint custody, I'm really surprised she's letting that means that North is getting old enough soon and they can, well, actually all of them are old enough because they can hire nannies in private planes. Yes. Just send them on a plane to Wyoming or she dropped them off and then they're in the care of Kanye. And then how safe are those kids? I don't think he's a bad father and everything, but it's just because of his problems when he goes through his eyes and doesn't think he needs his medication, then he's not in control of what he does. And those kids that will have an influence on those kids. You know, I, I've, I've known people that have gone to um, like support help groups of kids that have grown up to bipolar or a schizophrenic parents and how that has stayed with them and everything. And I mean, even when we kind of uh, grandmama wasn't diagnosed, but everybody, everybody says that she was basically bipolar. And you're right. Yeah. It has residual effects over time. Yeah, exactly. And that's how you you raise you, you know your children. That would that is damaging uh, the next generation. And so I'm surprised, or maybe I don't know. Maybe he's in a state that he that, that we don't know. He could have come in and say, "Okay, we're going to stay with the prenup, post nups amendments." And she's like, "Hey, this is your situation." And then he has to be evaluated or prove that he's taking his medicine before he can keep the kids for a weekend, or it's only going to be supervised uh, visitations. I don't know, but I just feel like Kim. I feel like anybody can say what they want about her, but I really think when it comes to her kids, she's going to be a little bit more protective. So I'm not sure if I don't believe it's going to be joint custody. That's all the rest of the stuff. I'm quite sure they're just splitting it halfway. Um, well, yeah. she, even when he was going through his struggles, she has never complained about um, him being a father or having it affect that. Um, no, no. I'm but really- I, no, they they are going to do joint custody. She's going to have more physical, but he, it's going to be it's going to be joint. And I'm surprised. Well, I think really think what broke the camel's back was what he said about North there on that little oh, presidential sad little yeah. lip biscuit lip dick uh, campaign he was doing there. The man, you could tell how un, um, how he just he doesn't realize what he's saying and doing because he sat there and started crying and it hurt him his whole life to know that his father wanted to abort him. And then in his next sentence, he lets out in the universe about North. So he knew how part, how much it hurt him that his father wanted to do that with him. And then he just spurted out in the universe that now North knows that I her parents it. thought the same thing. Now you, you've you damaged your next generation. That's what I'm just about to say. He was damaged because of that, and he's done the same to his daughter. And I think that was finally the the, uh, the straw that broke, I almost want to say the camel that broke, that broke the straw's back, but the uh, straw that broke the camel's back because um, uh, I, I think for her is the protection of her children, just like Angelina and uh, Julie and Brad Pitt. I think they still love each other. I think that's why they're struggling through it. But I think she made the decision for her kids over her love for him because he was still going through some bad alcohol problems. And, and she just, it's yeah. A, a lot of weed while they're there. Right yeah, he was doing everything he shouldn't have been. But she just thought it's not a good uh, uh, situation to bring up her kids. The same with somebody that's going through mental issues that doesn't know how to correctly take care of them. True. Um, 
if it was a regular person with bipolar, like someone with average income and average resources, I would be more afraid. They're already messed up. Any celebrity children out there, it's very hard for them to come out normal anyway. Um, as far as being honest about an abortion conversation, I don't think I do agree with you that that was that was the turning point. I do agree with you. But do I think that it's going to be that damaging over Nort's life now? Because there's there's lots of people that have done that. There's lots of people go. I I almost aborted you. Um, I had to give it like that conversation has come up for years. And uh, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. North could just, her mother could reassure her. We thought about it for a second. We loved you. It can never affect her. But the point that 30 seconds before he said it, he was crying that he was hurt because his father wanted his mother, you know, so he, so it, it affected him. And it could just have been because he was having a low or a high, whatever was going on with him with his mental state. But the point that in one breath, you were saying how you were hurt because of it. And then you give the information out into the universe to hurt your child with the same information. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. You're right. It's a- he was the one complaining that it had hurt him from his father. Yeah. And uh, no, you're right. He's a manic. He has admitted that he hasn't been on his meds for a long time. Throughout the whole election, he wasn't on his meds. Through those tweets, he wasn't on his meds. I don't th- actually, when I was in the Philippines, um, that was in 2000, 2018 um that's when i started seeing that's when i started noticing that like his tweets were just unwell so he's been going at it for a while you're right it has been taking a toll on their marriage and it finally broke um on a lighter note i actually think the music is going to be better i think their their careers are actually going to be better i think they were holding i think it was a good union at first i think they were helping each other very well but i think it's run its course and i think right now they're holding each other back i think with the law uh, program, mm-hmm. the Spotify deal, and all the things that are arising, Kim, that's why she canceled the Kardashian show. She needs more time for all the projects she's about to do. And uh, Kanye, Kanye, he's a, still a big-time producer. He's still in the mix of things when it comes to the industry. And um, I think that he'll start making better music from that, from this experience. He always does. He always takes something. Well, didn't his last album do very well? When he was going a little cuckoo right before the uh, presidential campaign, he had just released an album. That's why the whole time he was in Wyoming and it did well. And it was a gospel album and it still did well. You're right. Yeah. Magnetizing picture that it doesn't matter what he brings up. I said said that 10 years ago, by the way. I said Kanye's gotten so big that he can just come into the room and be like, I'm going to make. He can fart in a beat and it still sell a million. (laughs) And I'm still a fan. And. I'm guilty too. I have been to seven of his tours and it doesn't matter what he said when he said slavery wasn't real. When he said, it doesn't matter. I'd be like, damn Kanye, you're fucked up. When's the next tour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got backstage passes for me? Right, exactly. I'd be like, no. exactly. I'm like, Kanye, you a fool, man. Yo, when's the next tour day, bro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's it for music news. Let's get on to... Gosh, you're looking swell. What the fuck did I watch? Here we go. Here we go. We have three movies. We have News of the World, which is getting very, very big Oscar buzz. Um, Before I watched it, I saw a critic say that it was um, Tom Hanks' best role ever. No. Um, Not even close. But it was really good. I think the movie was better than his performance, which doesn't mean he nailed it in. He never does. He's always a quality actor. I just don't think he will get nominated, by the way. Tom Hanks is just too beloved in the Academy. But I don't think he deserved it. I think um, Helena Zengel, who kind of looks like Jennifer Lawrence, she was actually the um, standout in the movie. 
News of the World takes place in around 1870, and he is going from state to state before newspapers get um, really popular. He is orating the news. So newspapers were around, they were circulating, but they weren't getting to as many places as possible. So he was orating the news at the time, and that was his job. And he had a lot of turmoil in his personal life, and he finds this little girl that is actually um, living on a reservation. So she's a little white um, blonde girl and she was captured and now she lives on this reservation and shit goes down and he has to bring her on the trip. And it's a really good film. It's like I said, it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. He's probably going to get nominated. The film is going to get nominated. There's a couple other people you might know. Elizabeth Marvell. She's from house of cards. She's also from Homeland. She's a really good actress. Um, Ray McKinnon. He is from Deadwood. And Mara Winningham, she is from The Affair. So, yeah, it's a really quality film. Is this something you're planning on? Oh, it's a number one film in Europe right now in Netflix, by the way. Um, I haven't checked it out yet. I saw that it was uh, available on Netflix. I haven't checked it out now. But now that you're saying that, I must say I'm a little hesitant watching Tom Cruise's... Um... Tom, Hanks. Tom Hanks. Huh? Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks? I thought you said Tom Cruise. No, no, Tom okay. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely I'm going to watch Tom Hanks, please. I love him. Why did I say it? Well, okay. Universal and Netflix um, collaborated for this film. Okay. But for some reason, we don't have the rights to it. So you're right. So in, it's on Netflix in Europe, but it's not on Netflix. You know, I saw it, News of the World. I didn't even look at who was uh, uh, starting it. I always get like a a, a little push na- uh, uh, na- Christian, um, push message uh, to uh, tell me what new things are up. Because I always want to know when certain series are, are starting. Like I'm waiting for Vikings. Vikings already showing on Amazon Prime or you guys. But we haven't gotten it on Netflix yet. The last uh, half of the uh, the last season. Um, so I, I did get that, that that was coming, but I didn't know who was in it, but it does sound interesting. I will, I will watch it. Well, I had the torrent to Belay. I said, you get it right on Netflix. And I, the character, the girl, the little girl, she's German originally. Um, okay. The reservation. And actually she's a German actress herself. Her name What's is her name? Elena Zengel. Zengel. 12. How, she's a small child. Yeah. She's small. Okay. She was very good. She was really good. Um, she speaks. In the movie, she goes back and forth speaking English and what the reservation taught her. Okay. But she doesn't speak any German. No, no. She does not remember her German life at all. You know what? I want to make something that's totally off off, off the, the, the cuff here. We talk about German actors, actors and actresses. I was talking to somebody and they were like, they didn't believe that there was any black German actors and actresses in, or some people would get offended if I say actresses, so all actors in Hollywood. And I was like, yes, they are. But you know why? Because I don't know why it is, but, but, uh, but black German actors can lose their accent quicker than white German. Everybody knows that Christoph Waltz and Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and a a lot of other ones because they never lose all that accent, but nobody knows that sexy beats. She's German. Sexy beats. Sexy beats. Boris Kujo. But huh? she, not, she, I don't think she was born in Germany. Yes, she was. She was born and raised in Berlin. And then she lived some time in New York. But the girl is a, a, a German. Her first language was German. That was matters. I think she did leave some time in some New York. But uh, Tatsi is from Berlin. And I, look at Boris, uh, Boris Kocho. Boris uh, uh, lived his whole life in Germany and only went to Hollywood to be a star. 
that one I did. That one did come up. And yes, she was born in Berlin, Germany. Nice. Yeah, they're all German. There's like two or three other ones that just I can't think of the top of my head. That's awesome. But it's like they don't they don't realize that we have because you know how we got into the uh, the conversation. I was talking about I love Carrie Washington, but I, I I really don't think she was the right casting for um uh um Django Unchained. Django Unchained, because I was like, oh, all the truly half black, half white German girls that could have passed a little bit more as really a half white, half black offspring and could have spoke German better. And because also um, uh, Tarantino had just done Inglorious Bastards three years before. So he knew everybody in Germany. He knew all the casting directors. Maybe I he, didn't understand that casting. He did Maybe he did audition them and they, they weren't good. Yeah, well, Satsi Beats would have been right, about around the right age at that time. I'm surprised she didn't get the casting. No, I just thought I was curious. Maybe she just wanted to do it. A lot of people want to work with uh, uh, Quentin um, Quarantino, and it could have been that she was like, hey, I'd love to be in the... I mean, she did great. I don't want anybody to sit here and say that I am like uh, against Kerry Washington. I love me some Kerry Washington. But I just felt like I just know that there's so many Black German actresses here that... Uh, one of them? You need two of them, actually, and she's not on this list, but um, you need Boris Kujo. I love him. Yeah, Boris Kujo, Saksi Beats. Um, Boris Kasumba, Ayo, Jerome Batang. I think. Yeah, he- Jerome Batang. Jerome, Jerome Batang is, uh, he's an old football player that's now acting. And the most famous. Well, of football all, player, soccer player. And the most famous of them all, Rubega. <laughs> you know, I was in one of his videos. I got a girl in, and then I had to play a little Eskimo girl. <laughs> I got a girl in. So da, da, da. it was his next Wait, hit Mama after. That was the one? No, no, no. Uh, Mambo number five was his first hit. And yeah. then the follow-up hit was I, I got a girl in here. And then he kept talking about all these girls in different ports and different cities. And I played a little like Eskimo girl with like some black bangs. And I was like, yeah, I was in his video. Yeah, and we shot that video in Berlin. There are more black German actors than we give credit for. So thank you for that. Yeah, but because people don't realize the German, I don't know why the ability probably because a lot of them either their parent was american or african that i don't know if they could come out of that german accent so much better than a white actor so they don't recognize that they're german because they they're able to lose their accent before you know? to the next movie that actually is a good point um samuel jackson made that point um he was saying that and he 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 tried to make a disclaimer but it didn't work a lot of people came down for him for this he made an example of 50, no, not 50 cents, sorry, wrong example. He said that it is easier to employ black actors from Britain or from anywhere else but America because they don't carry the history of slavery and they get paid a lot, a lot yet less. And of course, Daniel Boyega, the guy from, uh, not, no, John Boyega, the guy from um, Star, Star Wars, Wars and um, Attack the Block, the, the alien movie where he got popular from. And then also the the famous actor that's played uh, Martin Luther King already and uh, Ilo, I, 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 Oluweo, uh, um He's done so many movies. Yeah, yeah Selma. He did Selma. Oh, he man. did Selma. He played Martin Luther King in Selma. He's, he's done so many other things. He's also a British uh, uh, right. one that's like taking right. a lot of jobs. From- oh, so you're familiar. You're familiar with what uh, Samuel Jackson said because you're right. Those are the people that clapped out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, my thing about that is... Um, Okay. Oh, David Alawo. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. My thing is, um, 
do you, I would like to know why Samuel feels that it's just like the people have nothing to do with, uh, they don't have the, uh, the, the inner it. feeling of slavery. So maybe they're able to work better without animosity or, or judging how they're being treated on the set, which I think is untrue. Because any black person that lives in England will tell you. They laugh at the American blacks and uh, black Americans. They say, yeah, you guys had slavery and you think you have inequality. But give me the British have been number one at conquering the world and at racism for more centuries than America has been. Racism in England is zero, very prominent and it's stronger than in America, even though you never really had slavery on the borders or on the lands of England. Or so I so I think a lot of times the black <laughs> actors, they leave, they leave England to be treated fair in the United States. And being like any immigrant, they probably do take less money because they know they're an immigrant and they're trying to get their roots and they're ready to just, you know, do things for free just to get a start. So I don't think it's because of uh, uh, the, 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 the non-history of, with the slavery, I think is they have more opportunity than that. I mean, even Idris Elba. I mean, he's super loved in England. It took a while to be there, but I mean, he made most of his population on. Uh, uh, he got more popular on that American TV show he was playing on. Great, The Wire. But like you said, like you said, how hard is it to find a gangster in Baltimore? You had to go across the pond and go get another black guy to play him. You were just saying, like, how hard is it to go find another German? How, yeah. That's what Samuel L. Jackson's saying. There's lots of black actors. Now we have to compete with people from England, black actors from England. We're already, well, another thing is... We're not... We're already... Denzel Washington was one of the last black actors to be... To get an award for best actor. What's her name? Um, Viola Davis. So not only are they competing with... For those black roles, for those American roles, now they have to worry about someone else. Again that doesn't carry that stigma of slavery, that doesn't have to always think about it, American slavery. I'm not talking about the British. I'm not talking about anything that happened over there. They don't have to carry that stigma. And on top of that, like you just said, it is way cheaper to hire someone, immigrant, not SAG-AFTRA. So I just feel like these are loopholes that that Hollywood has figured out not to hire black Americans. Well, in the defense of the actors coming out of England, a lot of the actors and stage programs and arts and, uh, uh, you know, their, their programs, they're a lot far better and wide and they're a lot better trained just stage and Shakespeare actors. That is the problem because in the United States, of course, if you're coming out of Harvard and Yale drama or, or Berkeley drama or, or something else, that, that's about it. You, you, you're not going to come out of Mississippi State University having a drama degree and being taken serious. But almost every program, when it comes to drama, when it comes to stage, when it comes to film or, 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 or um, acting or entertainment, are highly respected in the whole world. That means that and they're... So they, actually, you know, David and all those guys, they got a lot better, you know, study background. Not that I disagree with you, but because of that training, that means that they're better playing us than us. That means they're better able to train to play anybody. It just depends on what character you put on. I mean, come on. I mean... That's fair. That's totally... I mean, I'm, I'm, like you said, there are probably some roles. They probably... 
I don't know. David played. I mean, come on, David played Martin Luther King very well. He didn't have to experience I, the slavery and everything. Cases, but I also agree with Samuel Jackson. I feel like there are some that use it as an excuse not to hire black actors. And like I said, there's not that many black actors that get nominated for films. And now mm-hmm. you have black American, not black Americans, black actors from other countries. Daniel Oluo, um, Daniel uh, Oluwe from uh, Get Out, he got nominated for that. That could yeah. have, that could have been a black American. Yeah, and you're right. Disparity with those awards. Again, now you got now like we're talking about slavery and shit like that. Now you got blacks from other countries competing with each other. That's kind of garbage. No, I I, I mean you're totally. I I can see Samuel L. Jackson's point of view, but then I can also see the. Um, uh, the producer and the director's point of view that maybe the, the, the person's a little bit more talented and because they're coming in there thinking they're not old anything, not thinking that, you know, uh, it's time, it's time to get some black actors in there and because they're carrying on that, uh, uh, that slavery That's or thing like that. He's saying that like a, a, an actor from England is not going to have that chip on his shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, he's thankful just to get the job. He don't know what's going on. Somebody could call him boy and on the set and he don't even realize what the fuck's going on. Because even though it was hard in England to be black, it was not this. It's not the same as being in the migration in the Atlantic slave trade. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. But believe me, David can buy him a house anywhere he wants in the United States. He can't do that in England. I don't care how much of a star he is. That's how bad the racism is in England. Actually, not true. Um, Jay Cole, he's from North Carolina, and we've talked about this on the show before. He wanted to, um, one of his goals, even though he has a lot of money, he wanted to live in the neighborhood he grew up in, in the suburban part where he was not allowed growing up. Yeah. Nice mansion around nice neighbors, blah, blah, blah. He has a recording studio in there. Some, I think, I don't know if it was the FBI, I don't know if it was the EA, they didn't show it on the camera. He has cameras all over his house for security. Unannounced, did a raid on his house. There is a song in his on one of his albums, um, I think it is uh, Illuminati. Uh, it's called, The Neighbors Think I'm Selling Dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just living his life. They thought that he was selling drugs because... Rappers were coming to his house, coming okay, to Okay, yeah, but honey, let, let's put it in perspective here. Rappers they always go to his They as, broke into his house. They were ready to arrest him. I know, you're totally right, but he's he's a rapper, okay? They're always going to be seen as criminals. I'm not talking about an Oscar award-winning actor. Well, even Chris Rock. A black actor. He a great example. Um, he lives in Alpine, New Jersey. Jay-Z, Who? Mary J., uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, uh-huh. Eddie Murphy, um, uh, Mary J. Blige, I forgot. There's a few other ones that live in the Alpine area. And he goes, and you know who lives right next to us? These are all accomplished people. They've done so many different things in their careers to get to live in this area. He goes, we live right next to a white dentist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, who, who said the white dentist didn't come up from the projects in Mississippi and also do something? <laughs> you know, you don't know his what? background. Don't judge a man because he's a white Jewish <laughs> dentist. Come on. <laughs> He goes, we had to jump through all these hoops to live in this neighborhood, and this guy just fixes teeth. Not just because he's not an important job. Uh, dude, he could be an orthodontist to the stars. How is he getting paid the same amount as a guy that just got a $40 million contract from Netflix? That that shouldn't be. 
That shouldn't be. You you never know. You never know. (laughs) Owen Wilson, I haven't seen him in a while. And I haven't seen Salma Hayek in a while either. They're in a new He's on Prime. I think she was just doing good, being taking the time to be a mama. She waited a long time to be a mama. She dedicated a lot of years to her daughter. But Valentina should be about about seven or eight now. She's good in school. So it's time for uh, someone to go back to work if she wants to. Oh, and I forgot. Oh, there's another another movie I forgot to put on, but I will mention it right after. So Salma uh-huh. Hayek, Owen Wilson, uh, Madeline Zima, Nessa Cooper. She plays his daughter. So Owen Wilson is this person who is in like this kind of rat race type of film. And uh, he meets Salma Hayek and she is homeless. And she convinces him that this world that he is a part of is fake. So they go in through like this type of like matrix type of deal. And you can't figure out if, he's really homeless or if he's actually going through this spatial um, continuum, this uh, time warp with uh, Sam Hayek. It's, it's okay. It's not the best movie, but it's all right. Um, I wouldn't like heavily recommend it, but it was pretty decent. It was okay. It almost remind me of a one night in Paris when he kept having, trying to find this certain woman in this certain cafe to travel back into yeah. the Belle Epoque of Paris. Actually, I, I love that too. movie. Yeah, yes, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he kept traveling back in time then. Wow, that is pretty similar. But no, this one's a little bit more morbid. This one's a little bit okay. Um, Sound of Metal. This is heavily recommended. Actually, this is award consideration too. Um, Riz Ahmed from the night uh, before. Um, he plays a death metal drummer uh who loses his hearing Mm. yes and uh is excellent it's excellent the sound mixing everything um it starts off like really banging drums blah blah blah, and even as the movie progresses it progresses with him losing his hearing everything that does with his hearing comes out in the audio mixing and it's beautiful it's a really good movie um it's very inspiring um it doesn't end the way you think it would you'll enjoy it and the last movie, which I forgot to put, and it's my favorite one. It's my favorite one. Palm Springs. Palm okay, Springs. well, the best for last then. Right? I can't believe I almost forgot this. Now, this one is also an Oscar contender. It's actually It's been nominated for some Golden Globes. Andy Samberg stars in it. Uh, he's A lot of people think um, he's like the younger version of Adam Sandler, but Andy Samberg's not even that uh, young anymore. He's I know not- who he is. It's not, yeah. Thank you, Taya. I'm talking about my audience. <laughs> I know you know. I know you know. You you have a great mind. You have a great mind. <laughs> Andy Samper, Kristen Melody, Camila Mendez, Tyler Hoechlin, Meredith Hagner. She's from Search Party. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Whiplash. He's also in it. So Palm Springs is very Groundhog's Day. Um, he is at a wedding in Palm Springs, and the day just keeps recurring. And he's fine with that. He's come to grips with that. But by accident, he hooks up with this girl and brings him on that journey with him. And so she's not too thrilled about this. So while he is very content with living in this Groundhog's Day, she's trying to figure a way out. And they, and you'll see what happens later. But it's very, very good. And it's getting lots of buzz. Um, even though comedies don't usually get that kind of award recognition, um, this, is, is, this might be an exception. Okay. Did you see um, King of Staten Island? No, I started to watch it, but I didn't see all of it. But I, I do like uh, Davidson, though. I, you know, me too, me too. Judd Apatow, he directed that. Um, yeah. I thought that was like one of his most complete movies. But the only reason why it reminded me of that because they're all SNL alums. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I know what I wanted. Okay, you know, you my, nope. my little brain. You got another movie? No, no, go, go, go. 
Actually, no, was- my brain always is rolling and stuff reminds me of stuff. And you were talking about the sound of metal and how the guy started losing his hearing. Okay. I never into the last like six months or everything, certain pictures of Rush Limbaugh. That's huh. like then uh, Trump gave him. I know, I know. It's probably not the the best like radio guy to bring up right That's now, but but you know, I just I, I just only I never really watched him. Of course, you know him. You've heard experts with some bullshit and and poison that he said. Obama, the magical Negro. Yeah, and it's it just. But the point is, he was a little bit more in the play with with the Trump getting reelected and Trump giving him the Congressional Honor Medal, and then that's the first time I noticed the implants the ocular implants so then i was googling what, what was he born deaf did he always have them and then because they're thinking but only allegedly so i'm going keep you not you know want to get you in any legal trouble i'm saying allegedly but that uh because he was oxycodone addicted for a while and everything that uh through these drugs they noticed some people lose their hearing and i was like he was almost like a cockroach that didn't die you know, this man had so many chances that everything God was sending bolts of lightning in every point of his career to get rid of him. Since he started like fabricating this poison and this gift and this racism, God tried to make him a, an addict. It didn't take him out. God took away his hearing. You need your hearing to be a radio host. It didn't get him. And finally, the cancer guy, it's like, and when I when I when I, I was like, how is like Shakespeare poetic what a crazy justice is that that a man that depends on his hearing as a radio host, radio, just like you said, the guy that's a drummer and you know, a heavy metal band. And to tell you the truth, you can feel that beat. You know, so you're hearing, you could lose your hearing. This is different if you're if you're a singer and you have to hear the key or something like that. But but that that uh, that that guy that was the most important career of his life that he lost his hearing. But I, I assume in the movie he um, you know he he gets over that. When the implant in the movie they say is around forty to eighty grand. So yeah, yeah, Rush uh, Rush at the time while he was alive definitely could afford that. Dude, the man was making thirty. He's been since the late nineties. He's had a a, a very exclusive uh, contract, making up to thirty million a year. Yeah. The man was, and I've heard interviews with other people. He was a different man in the seventies and eighties. He started seeing the money and and what the shock jock value could bring to his bank account. I'm yeah. not sure if that man really believed most of the things he said. Um, I agree with you. I think he realized, you're right, that he didn't revolve around the GOP anymore, that the GOP could revolve around him. And so even in his, uh, I guess, his obituaries recently and his uh, a lot of coverage on his death last week or two weeks ago, um, he, I, you know, not that like, I care that he's a conservative or, or uh, liberal or anything like that. He's just a piece of shit. I don't care. Yeah, he was just he was like he, too much airplay. But I appreciate you bringing him up because he was prevalent. That was ignorant of me. Um he in the seventies. You're right. He did. That's when he, before the contract, before in the nineties, he he wanted to shape the conversation instead of mm-hmm. instead of like what we're doing right now. We're reacting to like what's happening. Social commentary. No, he. You're right. Created the narrative. Well, exactly. This 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 genre right here. If it wasn't for people like Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern, w- wouldn't even exist. You're right. The shock jock. Shock jock all day. 
Yeah. So that's it for the movies. Let's get on to the interview with Model Megan. What the fuck did I say? Here we go. Here we are. We're here. We're here. Model Megan. Um, she has modeled in the States. Most of her career has been in Germany and Munich. I will let her describe her career. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Well, start. How did it all start, Megan? How did it all start? Your cousin uh, went through a very big growth spurt. She was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, by the time she was 12, 13 years old. And my mother started putting me on the runway to improve my self-esteem. Oh, and then it kind of took off from there. And then I uh, did finish high school, even grew a little bit more after high school. And, uh, and did, a little, did my whole four years of college, but the first two years, I really was a student. Then after that, I started traveling more internationally, um, working as a model. And then after I was from the college, I just became a model full time, led to me going to L.A., which led to some acting and led to me going back to New York and then uh, got a contract with the German agency. And even though the last years i <laughs> i have been bouncing back and forth from new york london berlin Dusseldorf, munich paris milan and yeah a few years ago i started my own production company I mean, you know once you start getting up to a certain age and i also saw the uh, it, 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 within the modeling industry, you have phases where where more uh, women of color are more accepted and getting into magazines and everything. And then we were starting to get a little bit of a time when we were getting neglected. And I had some several ideas for this and everything. So I created my own production company that I could do the creative directing, the styling and the booking and everything. And I was producing the editorials for magazines. And that was going pretty successfully only this last year with uh, uh, Miss Rona. She put a little monkey ridge into things. <laughs> and then during that downtime with uh, not being able to travel as a model much and not be able to set up uh, photo shoots, I uh, started doing the YouTube thing also. Yes, I was actually going to get to that. You um, I, you could blah, 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 your career, but <laughs> brand, I, I, from my eyes, the brand has never been stronger. You have quite a few verticals. Let's talk about those. You have um, decorating, mm-hmm. to decorate. Let's talk about those verticals. How did those come to be? Yeah, well, I originally had been playing around with the idea of a YouTube channel for the last two or three years because on my um, uh, professional IG account, I'm always getting DMs from young girls and young boys. Uh, how do I get started internationally as a model? They were aware that um, even though I was based in Germany and doing a lot of work in Europe, that I was not uh, born here. And they were, you know, trying to come out of Africa, come out of, you know, certain other parts of the world and how can I help them? And then when I had a little bit of time, my main focus on my YouTube channel was to do different interviews and to give advice and tips, how to get started into the industry, what you need to do, how to use social media also to represent yourself, because now you can reach people with all little tentacles in the world if you do it correctly. It's not like you have to find somebody and have the money to fly to London for a week and do the the open calls and run around to every agency with a couple of pictures that you have that your grandma took. You know what I'm saying? Or to New York or everything, and especially with a lot of the travel bans and everything. There's a lot of people that couldn't even make it to New York. They couldn't even make it to New York and make it to London and everything. So um, that's where I started. And But um, 
but then also being a model, they want to see a little bit of beauty, a little bit of styling. Um, I have um, uh, a playlist of travel, which of course, for my job, I travel constantly and I'm a person and I love to show everything from the different cities in the world and interests and historical things and uh, not just the typical tourist things. I really want to show the culture when I travel. But of course, Ms. Rona put a little bit of a monkey wrench in that. So there's not so much travel. And one of my biggest interests and loves I've always had is interior decorating. And I always thought that would be my second job after modeling, that I would uh, get me a job in interior decorating. And actually, as a creative director for my production company, I, I get a little bit of that stimulated also because I have to set the whole scene. You know, I have to design the concept. How are the shows, the, uh, the clothes going to be shown? How's the background, everything? So it's the whole concept of designing. It's just like designing a room. Yeah. And then after I sat here in March and April in lockdown, I mean, I think I decorated my apartment pretty cute. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you sit there and you start looking at a corner after you've seen it two weeks in a row, not leaving. You know, you're like, what can I change there? What can I change there? So I've incorporated that into my YouTube okay. channel. So basically, I've broken it down. Am I talking too much? You get you. Oh, no, no, no. I said, poor, <laughs> no, no. I said, I said, poor Christian. You're like looking at the walls, and he's just like, like every time. Probably when he comes home every day, he's like, it's like he's like in a new place. Like, no, no, I, I, I can't, I can't change it that quick. But but I sit there, and I'm like, baby, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking. For people don't know, Christian is my husband, my poor, suffering but very patient husband. <laughs> I think we're all no. not just you. I think we're all lucky to have him. He's amazing. <laughs> No. So basically, when you go on my channel, I've break, broken it down to you have on the sofa with making with interviews with female models, male models. I'm hoping when, you know, we get a little bit more out of this lockdown that with uh, agencies, with bookers, with um, designers that I want to and give you give a little bit more advice, really how to break down and how you can start into the industry with photographers, with creative directors, with uh, uh, directors or casting directors. What are, what are they looking for? How do you need to get signed with the agency? How do you, and the, the caution and the cautions you need to take. And believe me, I always talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm not ashamed to tell you, you need to be careful with a lot of things. No. You can't walk around in this career and in this world naive for you men or women. You heard that Kamala Harris? She's got your back, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then of course I have the division of home decorating, dare to decorate, which I also have an extra IG account for that. Just D DIYs. I love a uh, high, high price design, but a lot of times people don't have the high price money. I'll use first dibs or something like that uh, as a uh, uh, inspiration, but how people can come bring that down to their budget. And then I have a little bit of a travel segment. I'm hoping to do that more soon. Yeah. And um, uh, beauty and um, yeah, I want to start doing a little bit more styling, but I was hoping that my styling would be intertwine with the traveling and packing and my styling for this trip here or there. But I do want to start doing a little bit more history and design because I notice in so much of the younger generation, they're like sporting all oh, the sock boots from Balenciaga or they, they, they hear with Kim Kardashian or Kylie Kardashian with uh, uh, Balmain. And I remember watching the YouTuber. She's not that young, but she's younger than me. And she was telling me about her favorites of the month. And she was talking about this bag and how this company was so known for this bag. I was like, company's not known for that bag. 
That designer was designing the first collection in 1971. He's 82 years old. He's still designing. He didn't even he didn't even open up his accessoires uh, and bag design company until 2001. Which I'm talking about Issey Miyake. I was like, is that they they follow all these influencers and they don't know the history of these houses. They don't know Cristobal Balenciaga. You know, they don't know Jean Lavin. They don't know how Dior got started, how Gucci got started, everything. So I want to also start breaking in and I start breaking down with the fashions. That's a, there's a huge need for that. Yeah, yeah. They don't know the breakdown. They don't know breakdown how these these people got started. Speaking, speaking of influence and advice, um, mm-hmm. Top Model has come back to the states recently, and you have done the version over there in Germany. Could you? Yeah, that's you, right. On your work for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was part. I was basically Miss J of uh, Germany. I was the runway trainer. Much better looking. And- <laughs> Jay, Jay, I know Jay. He may dispute that. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. A lot of other people dispute how Yeah, so I worked several seasons on, um, at first I was just more, what, second and third season was more like a guest uh, mm-hmm. runway uh, judge. And then um, the, uh, then they were looking for somebody else and I was, well, they were looking for me, then uh, looking for a new um runway uh uh coach uh full-time because the original he was l- really like a miss j the first time when they did germany's next top model they really based it pretty much with the characters like in the united states heidi klum was tyra banks then you had uh, uh nigel barker he was uh uh payment my mom he was uh, uh, a I- img booker from paris 20 years and then he just moved back to germany he was doing the show and then they had uh uh a good friend of mine. Oh, it's getting late here. My brain's getting fried. Um, oh God, what was his name? Actually, he's American and he was a male model here for a long time. And actually I knew him before he even started show. We done some fashion shows together. Oh, um, starts with the D. Oh my God. I can't believe I forgot his name, whatever. Um, he started at first and then he got offered his own show. So then they needed a new runway, uh, uh, coach. And I was there with the production company about two times, but then Heidi was between pregnancies and she decided to do it herself. And then they had a spinoff show payment, almost like Janice Dixon did. Remember when she did her agency yeah. spinoff show? Okay, so Payment did the same thing. It was called the Model Biggie or Model Von Gemeinhaus. It's like he was starting his own agency and all the models were living in an apartment. And I was the trainer, so runway trainer and, you know, coaching and posing and everything. So I did that two seasons. And then it came around that uh, the channel that produced um, or that aired Germany's Next Top Model, they had always used the outside um, house production company because that was a big budget show and they didn't have the experience yet. So they used Trezor Films. And that's who I had uh, cast it with before to come permanently on this show. Well, then once they got the experience and the money, they brought it back in-house and their production company was called Red 7 within Pro 7, mm-hmm. Pro 7, uh, the channel. And uh, they had also produced the spinoff show that I did with Payment. So then when they switched around to the production, we were like, make it, we want you. So then I came in full time okay. as the runway and I did it up into 2014. For you, oh yeah. All right, well, I, got, I, have, a, uh, I have a throwback, I have a retro question for you. We're not going to sell it. Okay. I can tell the year, but we're gonna we're gonna mention the films. Okay. 
Which one was your favorite to work on? Dreamboat, Fat Beach, or Exit to Eden? Um, probably Exit to Eden, because Exit to Eden um, was where I got my SAG card. I was actually booked as a model. It was supposed to be only one day. And I didn't have a speaking part. They just wanted some sexy bottle bodies on there on the uh, on the beach. <laughs> and then they got a little bit behind production and booked me again for the next day. But, but, but I was making more than the day rate of even people that had a couple lines. Because model, you show a little bit more skid, you book more. And then something got delayed again. And I was there a third day. And you know me, I talk to anybody. I just started talking to the people. One time I was standing there at catering next to the director and started chatting up with Gary Marshall. He liked me and then he wrote me in a and then he wrote me in a part. And then I stayed another week, but I didn't get day rates. I got my original model uh, rate. So I was making more to everybody. And then by the time they cut the film, I had like five lines in it. The first like major Hollywood production film I worked on. A lot of people work for years to get the SAG card because you have to get three days in a row invoice. And I did it on my first film and I got my SAG card with Exit to Eden. So that's that's close to my heart. Is that for life? Do you still get to keep your SAG card? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I have it on pause right now. Um, because um I take it off a of pause every three or four uh, years and now I'll pay dues like two years and put it back on pause because um, I'm, I'm for lifetime in there, but I can always pause it because being here in Europe is always a chance that uh, non-union jobs come up. Yeah. And while I'm active in the union, if I take a non-union job, then I can't do that. Sure. So I'll pause it or I'll step out. You, you know, you can do, you can do that. So it depends on how I pay my dues and everything, but I'm sagging after for life. Yeah. Last time I checked yeah. around seven to eight grand a year for your dues. You know, last time I it was more like 12,000. Damn. Yeah. But because I have to pay SAG and AFTRA, I have to pay both because I got my SAG card with extra, ex, um, uh, Exit to Eden. I got my AFTRA card on all my extra work on uh, the Martin Lawrence show. Yeah. No, and whenever, <laughs> whenever people, uh, actors out there, they finally get their SAG card. I, I, I didn't notice all these films. You're, you're, you're reading my IMB. <laughs> Uh, yeah well don't get me mixed up because you know there's two of us on there the tiny read and tiny read too yeah it's what it was i do it's what it was yeah but but actually i need to update my imb because since i finally changed my sag to macon i think it was about four or five years ago so i'm not in competition with the canadian actress tanya reed anymore (laughs) but it's funny because we're the same age and everything is same name yeah, I noticed that. So whenever yeah, yeah. you get the change, I mean, whenever that change uh, like uh, applies everywhere, I'm sure your agent will go on, um, your management team will go on IMDb. Yeah, well, no, my management team, everybody's here, my basic based here in Europe. They don't, that, that, that's something that I probably need to take one Saturday and just do it, do myself. Because actually those entries I never did myself. Somebody else must be a fan of me and they've, in, they've entered those things. I've never entered that. You're right. You only have to have a pro account in order to enter it, just like Wikipedia. You're, you're absolutely right. Right. Exactly. Absolutely right. Um, yeah. Sorry that we went so far back. I, we, we, I just that's only, okay. You brought back you know. the family was very when that when especially um the Eden movie. Everybody was like calling each other like, "What? Ty is in a movie?" It was yeah. 
Um, yeah, I should have warned my dad that you would see my naked boobies before he went into the theater, excited with his cola and his pop, uh, big uh, jumbo popcorn. And he was like, okay. We had, we he used to change your diapers, but I wasn't expecting to see that. Ah, <laughs> we, were, we were, I know, uh, shout out to my man Skip, Uncle Skip. Um, when we were watching it, we popped it out from Blockbuster and everything, and we didn't know either. I don't think my dad knew, and so we're all like, <laughs> Your dad saw my tits? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gone through some changes ever since then. Now I know I'm uh, <laughs> Uncle Vince's favorite niece. <laughs> he told, he told I never knew that. that. I never knew he that. The yeah. He saw the tits age, but again, we're <laughs> We still are proud every time you come to Fashion Week, every time you're doing a project, every time you come to the reunion. We always have great times. We have a great story. The things you're doing across the world, we love it. Um, anything else on the horizon? Anything else we wanted to check out of Megan? Dude, like I said, right now I'm just uh, uh, promoting the uh, the YouTube. Well, I just had a birthday. I did a whole week of like, I don't understand how these beauty gurus do that. I did a whole week of this like purple makeup looks for my birthday, for February, my uh, my favorite uh, color. And I did a video for yesterday, my birthday. That was so much hard work. Six days in a row I had to film. I've gotten lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I got lazy. It's like, no, but it's like, um, yeah, I hope uh, Germany's being pretty good with the vaccinations. I hope I should have mine by April and they're doing the green light code and everything. I'm hoping to have some new productions uh, postponed from last year, but changing up with the new fashion to get that done. But if anybody wants to check out um, some of the productions, what I do in the magazine, so this may be not something familiar because nobody ever reads the credit and see who the producer is or who the creative director or stylist is. They can look, uh, they can look at Prawl Productions, so Prawl underscore Productions on IG. But check me out at Macon.read.official and uh, Macon Read. M-A-C-O-N-R-E-I-D on YouTube is my channel. Pop over, say hi. If you like home decorating, if you want advice with the entertainment business with Modley, uh, if you just want to chat, some, you know, whatever, pop on by. Right. You You're always welcome. And I always got red wine. <laughs> well, it's all good. And I love, I love when my guests become co-host that's exactly why you're here that's exactly the point of the show um no you were saying that you talked to me there's no talking too much this is the perfect, <laughs> this is the perfect show. you beat me to it i was going to say where i usually say where do you want people to find you where do you want people not to find you um but to all my fans out there to all my audience my little my little opinions out there please go over to our youtube channel i want you to write in the comment section hire still insane for your next project <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do your boy a solid because my cousin won't hire me for shit. No, I'm joking. I'm no, that's not true. Dude, if I was producing a film, I'd put you in there in a second. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Um, again, so proud, so happy to have you on the show. You're welcome back any, any time. Um, you were really great, actually. Like I said, you, uh, I love guests. Why are you like you're really great with that look? Were you surprised? Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't. But, um, no, I actually wasn't. I would, this is exactly how I thought it would turn out. Um, okay, good. You are, and I don't mean this in a negative way, you're talkative, and that's perfect for potting. That's that's idealistic. Idealistic for potting. 
idealistic. That's the word I was looking for. Idolic, uh, uh, ideal, every German word I knew. I couldn't think of the American word. Creates extra incentives for the audience. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's all good. I love the German Spanglish you got going on. No, no it's not Spanglish. Spanglish is English and Spanish. I speak Dinglish. I wasn't going to make up a word English. like you were. I was just going to. Dinglish. It's called Dinglish. Deutsch Dinglish. Ah, Dinglish. Deutsch English. English. No, I'm joking. That's my mind. Yo, you think oh. about dingleberries. Get your mind out of your underwear. <laughs> Dingleberry lish. <laughs> Get your mind out of the underwear. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's. Oh. Anyway, actually, there's a TikTok challenge before we go. Um, there's a TikTok challenge where the girl will take her underwear and she'll put it in tuna and she'll be like, let's see if my man is still in the mood. And she goes into the other room and throws it in his face. Whether he's alone, got the kid with him, nothing. And they go, and some of them are nasty. Some of them are like this. Like some of them will be like, oh, what the fuck is that? Some of them will go like this. Like she puts the tuna in it and throw it. And they're like, oh man, it's time to get down. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, TikTok. No, that's not nasty for the men. That that would bring up questions. How yeah. does a woman smell without the tuna? Word, word. <laughs> if I threw my drawers and somebody goes like this, like, and like, like it's normal, like, oh yeah, man. Like, Hold no, on. That reminds what? me. That reminds me of a joke. I have to tell you a dirty joke. Yeah, and this is how we know that we're gonna close the podcast. This is how oh, we're gonna pause the podcast. Oh, we have to pause the. Po- oh no. Oh no, no, we're not gonna pause it. This is oh, how no, we're gonna no, end no. it. We're gonna we're end no. the podcast. Sorry, I didn't mean what? pause it. Your joke. We're gonna end it with this dirty joke, guys. You got a woman. She loves to cook for her man, but her man is blind. She makes him a cucumber salad. He goes and eats the cucumber salad. He was like, oh, tuna fish salad today. Think about it. Ew. Aww. Think about it. Aww. What was she doing with the cucumber? <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> women are blind. That's all that's all there is to it. Just <laughs> women in general, but especially when you're blind. Ray, right, Ray? <laughs> Who's going to shoot up your heroin? Not her. Not her. Oh, God. But Ray still had a lot of mistresses, so he, he wasn't doing bad. He wasn't doing bad. It's true, man. Nothing got by him. With that hope. With that hope. Oh, my God. I appreciate that you even thought about me to invite you on your podcast. I've supported you since you first started with <laughs> your... Yeah, when you used to send me the audios by uh, on Instagram, listen to this. I was like cracking my ass up. Everybody, his audience. I was pushing him to write what? like like a column, a very funny column, almost like 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 being the female Carrie, you know, from Sex in the City. He needed to put his thoughts and his so his voice into to words right. and to write. Right. But I feel, I find I find also this is good for you. Also also as a video as visual. That's visual. That's good. I'm glad you're doing something. Because how many years was I telling you bring this to YouTube? At least two. At least. Yeah, you should have listened to me earlier. No, you're right. You're definitely a big inspiration for this. Um, As a matter of fact, I I definitely still need to do a blog um, in coalition with this show. I am too. I'm working on mine right now. I'm working on mine just so I can divide it up. It it needs... A lot of people like to still read. Surprisingly, there are people that still like to still read. They like to have things... They like these videos, but there's people that, that like to have the literal part of it. And, and I think that, you know. Pretty, um, it helps tremendously with SEO still. Um, the more words you have accompanying with a video, the more it's searchable online. So there you, yeah. go. There you go. So like you said, um, you can catch her on her website. You can catch her on YouTube, making, redoc- making prawl.com. 
No, no, no. Making, uh, making, well, I'll give you everything that you can print it up there, but it's making.read.official. My website is just makingread.com. That's right. I don't really use my married name a lot. Everything is making read. Yeah. No. Cool. Okay. So as always, you can catch this show on sylvansane.com. You can catch me on sylvansane on YouTube. There's keep up NYC on Instagram. Then we have shut up, uh, keep up shut up on Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. So if you want to find me, just type in Sylvan Sane. You will find we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on on it all, to be honest. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. I can't, Podbean, there's almost no, there's almost no platform we're not on. So there's no excuse not to listen. So let's get the fuck out of here. You better shut the fuck up, listen up, and keep up with my cousin, Bacon Reed Prawl, and Still Insane. Over. Bye! <laughs> Boom.